The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. It is so hard to lose such a beloved and wonderful icon as Olivia Newton-John. I was fortunate enough to interview her a few times, the most recent just a few years ago when she was finishing up her residency here in Las Vegas. We all became aware of Olivia when she started out as a big pop star out of Australia who was rising up the country charts initially. And then, of course, superstardom was right around the corner as we discuss in this interview from about six years ago with the lovely Olivia Newton-John. Morning, how are you, Jim? Fantastic. By the way, I know that you just ended your three-year residency here at the Flamingo, but I'm hearing rumors of other resorts that are talking to you. Is that true? Well, the manager's talking to some people, so I I don't have anything to to report yet, but, you know, I hope I'll be back there at some point doing something because I love Vegas. And you must love doing a residency versus touring, right? Yeah, I do. I, I love the experience of being in one place and waking up and going to the same theater. It was wonderful. You know, it really was a great experience. And the audiences were great. And, yeah, I met some lovely people there. And you ended up having a pretty good relationship with the Osmonds then, didn't you? Yeah, Johnny Marie, I've known them. Oh, gosh, I've known them since the 70s. I did their television show in those days. And we've known each other for a long time. Didn't see them very much because we were always working at the same time. They were touring when I was working and vice versa. But um, I love Marie and, and Donnie. They're great people. Speaking of television in the 70s, I just saw a repeat. It was on this week of Johnny Carson's Tonight Show where Bob Hope was on promoting one of his specials with you as a guest. I think it was like 1977 or something. And the way he promoted it was by saying, and I'm looking forward to having my very special guest, the lovely Olivia St. John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he did call me that. He was a delightful man. And uh, when my daughter was born, he went out his way to get her a present. And he's just a very sweet person, very kind. Yeah, I was just going to say, I would imagine that was great to work on one of those specials. Yeah, it was. It was great, great fortune for me. You must be very proud of uh, having opened up the uh, Cancer Wellness and Research Center in Melbourne. I am so, I feel so fortunate. Um, they asked me if I'd lend my name to a cancer wellness center, uh, a cancer center initially, and I said I would lend my name if it would include a wellness center, which has become my passion. And so, um, you know, for the last more than 10 years now, it's been open, gosh, I lose track of time, but we, it's open and we have a new research center there now, and uh, Live On, the song Live On, which is the title track of my new album with Amy Sky and Beth Nelson Chapman, was really written for the hospital to inspire people to live on when they're going through, you know, a difficult time or they've lost, if you've lost somebody, it's to give you hope and compassion and um a reason to move on and be grateful. And, you know, some of those therapies that are used at the Wellness Center are some of the ones that you use during your own recovery, true? Yeah, that was my inspiration for it, because I realized that I was very fortunate. When I was going through, I had breast cancer in 92, and I had surgery and chemotherapy, and when I had the chemotherapy, I I was very afraid of that. So I, I figured out I needed to do everything I could to keep my body healthy, so I did you know, um, massage and meditation and 
acupuncture, I took a lot of herbs and homeopathy, and um, so I wanted that for the patients. I said, if, if I'm going to put my name in this hospital, we have to have those things available and have a wellness centre. So it's the first um, wellness centre in a public hospital in Australia. In America, I think there's a few centres like that. In Australia, it was the first one, and it's been an amazing success, and we kind of brought wellness throughout the whole hospital. When I first became aware of your music in the 70s, your first hits were really country hits, weren't they? Yeah, I was, a, I was kind of aware, not aware that there was a separate country chart, and suddenly I had a yeah. country chart. They were written by an Englishman, they were produced in England by an Englishman and an Australian, John Power and Bruce Walsh, and um, yeah, very grateful to country, love country music. So I started in country, and then John Denver and I kind of crossed over into pop from there, which is kind of the beginnings of that for country people. Yeah, and I know that that was Top 40 Radio played everything back then anyway, so it really didn't matter. When you look back on the Grease times, how did that role come to you, and where were you in your career at that point? I was doing pretty well in my career. I had some hit records. I'm terrible with dates and which song goes with what year, but um, I was doing well, and uh, I was approached about the role. Um, Helen Reddy and her husband had me over for dinner, and Alan Carter, who was the producer, was at the dinner party because he, he wanted to meet me, so that was set up that way. And um, when he met me, he thought I'd be perfect for the role. But I was kind of anxious about it. I thought, I can't do an Australian accent, and I'm too old. I was 29. <laughs> and uh, I said they would set up a screen test because I had made a movie in London um, about five years before that, maybe a bit less than that, maybe it was three years. And it was a musical, and it was... Big, you know, Hollywood producer Terry Saltzman, who was the Bond producer, produced it with Don Kirshner, who put the Munchies together. It was supposed to be this big hit, and it um, it wasn't. So I was kind of afraid of doing a movie. But when we did, I did the screen test with John Travolta, who was going to play Danny, and we had great chemistry. And I said, "Oh, okay, I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> about it, you know? It really was lightning in the bottle, wasn't it? I mean, the music, the actors, and all the chemistry. Yeah, it was fantastic. And John Farrow, who wrote, you know, You're the One That I Want, and um, I'll be devoted to you, was my longtime friend and collaborator and producer of my records. So it was, it was a magical thing. I feel very grateful to that film. Two questions about Xanadu. One, what was it like to work with Gene Kelly? dance with him and John Travolta in one lifetime. Uh, he was great. What a, he was a lovely man. He was, uh, of course, incredibly particular, and he wanted the, the dance thing to be done in one uh, one camera move, so we rehearsed a lot. It was terrifying. <laughs> An amazing life experience. He was, he was charming. What was it like to work with Michael Beck, who was in one of my favorite movies right before that, The Warriors? Oh, The Warriors, yeah, that was a great movie. He, he was a sweetheart, and um, yeah, he was a really, really lovely man. Still is a lovely man. Well, I tell you, Live On is available now on all digital platforms, and I encourage everyone to get it. And there's even a holiday song on there. Yeah, we have a song called There's Still My Joy, which is, you know, people going through holidays, um, it's a very difficult time for a lot of people because you miss the ones that you love, and very often we've lost people around the holidays. I remember the first few Christmases after my sister died were very difficult for me. And this song is just kind of inspiring, you know, about this, you know, cry, cry those tears that live on and that we all go through this pain and kind of encouraging people in the chain and that, you know, there is life after loss. And all the songs on the album have kind of 
a different area of grief that we deal with. And uh, I re-recorded Grace and Gratitude. Amy, um, Beth re-recorded Sand and Water, but it's a huge hit for her, a successful, beautiful song after she lost her husband to cancer many years ago. And the song is in the different areas of, of loss and just showing you that there is Happy holidays to you. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And let us know when the next residency will be here. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I love Vegas and I say hi to everybody. Yeah. All right. Best of luck to you. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Olivia was such an inspiration to cancer patients who were going through what she did, and she, of course, devoted her life to helping other people with her center in Melbourne. And there has been such an outpouring of love from fans and friends, and I know that her family will continue the fight that she started. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.